Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. Thank God, thank God, thank God. I had no idea what Brother Shoecraft would be preaching last night, and I had no idea what... Brother David would be preaching today, but the Lord had laid this on my heart, and it's found in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Thank you so much for the wonderful place to stay, Brother uh, David and uh, Sister Kelly has allowed us to be in their beautiful, beautiful home, and their daughter has shared or gave up her bedroom for Shauna and me. So uh, I'm sleeping under pink bedspreads and all little girl stuff. And it is absolutely beautiful in there. And uh, I hardly know how to act. I, it's, um, I, I told her last night, I said, you know, when company comes, it's a nice thing. It is. We all like company, but you like it even better when they leave. Oh, my goodness. That's another one of those things that no one ever says. <laughs> oh, blessed taillights. That takes those company away. So, baby, you're going to have your bedroom back. Friday night, and uh, hopefully we haven't left it too dirty for you and messed up. So God bless you all for allowing us to stay. I mean, the whole kitchen is full of of snacks and desserts and fruit, and um, as we say in Oklahoma, pop. You guys use soda. I don't know what is more sanctified way to say that, whether it be soda or pop. But uh, soda pop, there we go. Is that the better way to say it? Soda pop and soda water. I've heard some folks say soda water. And um, so it has just been a wonderful, wonderful time staying there with them. And it's just so good to be back at Richlands again. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. From the presence of the Lord. Verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ. Which before was preached unto you. Whom the heaven must receive. Until the times of restitution of all things. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets. Since the world began. Notice what it says. Verse 19 again. Read it together with me. Repent ye therefore. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I want to talk to you just a little while about times of refreshing. Lift your hands and ask the Lord to help me. Father, I come to you. I'm nothing without you. I think you know that even better than I know myself. I need your touch. I need your anointing. I need your spirit. I need you to make this more than just hollow words. Lord, just something that I've tried to put together. 
I need it to be divinely touched and divinely moved upon and used me, God, in a special way to touch a heart and touch a life today. And we'll give you the glory and the honor for any good that is done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Quickly, before I get started, some of our dear friends from North Carolina is here, Brother Daniel and Sister Shirley Apshur. We met them in 1975. They told my dad that there was a lot of UPC folks in North Carolina. And dad that was always a positive person. I don't know where I got my negativity. And really my mom wasn't that way to a certain extent. It's amazing. You know, our parents is not to blame for everything. We do come up with some of our quirks on our own. Yes, we do. But dad said if there is any UPC folks in North Carolina, there's Trinitarians. Where there's false, there's real. That was dad's opinion of that. And we found a state full of amazing, wonderful people in North Carolina. It's an unbelievable state of amazing people. And we have spent a lot of our time in North Carolina. Brother Dan and Sister Shirley. Brother Dan is kin to the Hortons. So glad to have you all. And over here we have Sister Adina. Adina or Adina? How do we say your name? Did I? Adina. Sister Adina. And uh, we have met them through Sister Rachel. Precious people from over here at Wise, Virginia. And um, she is Joseph Habedank's mother-in-law. So we are so happy to have her. And... Uh, I'm, I, I don't know, it, are, have you got used to just being known by your son-in-law's mother-in-law? Are you used, to, are you okay with that? I know you don't need that identification. You are an amazing songwriter and a wonderful lady yourself. But it's amazing how you get known by your kids. I am now swiftly becoming Landon's dad. You are Landon's dad. I have little kids come at me. Are you Landon's dad? I had one ask me if I was Landon's grandpa. <laughs> now that ticked me. As my father-in-law would say, that chapped me. Oh my, you guys don't know the meadows too well. You guys, come on, loosen up. David, tighten you guys right down so tight you can't even laugh. <laughs> How many needs are refreshing in your life today? How many needs revival in your life and in your church, in your family? How many of you young folks would like to have a touch in your life that would cause tears to flow down your cheeks and would last longer than a week? Is there anybody here today would love to have a refreshing that would lift you up above your problems, above your grief? We're all grieving today for Sister Wanda. I miss her. I've missed her in this meeting. She was a shout. She had already been a running around this church. I can see her right now running around. I believe she's running around the throne of heaven right now. Thank God. And you know what? If she could tell us anything, she would tell us shout. Rejoice. Rejoice. Enjoy your salvation. Live for God. Get revived. Get refreshed. Get renewed. It's all that really matters in life. I said it's all that really matters in life is to be where you ought to be with God. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. He's talking to the Jewish nation. 
He's talking to his people. How many believes that we as the holiness folks need to repent? I've heard so many folks say you repent one time and you don't do it again because if you do that, you're crucifying Jesus Christ afresh. Do what? Are you listening to the once saved, always saved? Are you tuned in to the Calvinists? Dear God, I believe with all of my heart, no, we should not abuse grace. It's not a license to sin. We should not abuse and do despite under the spirit of grace. But don't ever get to the place where you feel like you're so righteous that you don't need to repent. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me all over again today. The dust of this world, the contamination of this world. How many have comes back home from work from listening to the ungodly music and all the profane language and you feel dirty? You didn't curse. You wasn't trying to listen to it. But you feel dirty because of what you've been around, rubbing shoulders with a wicked, perverted world. It's like you need to come home from work and take a natural bath, and you need to come home from work and take a spiritual bath and get clean again. What are the qualifications of refreshing? A lot of different renderings of this verse. King James Version says that when the times of refreshing shall come from the Lord. A lot of the other renderings of this verse says that they may come, repent and be converted. That they will come from the presence of the Lord. How many believes that our sins is hindering the refreshing? How many believes that sin separates us from God? How many feels like that sin causes heaven to become brass? God doesn't hear the prayers of sinners other than repentance. That's the only prayer that God hears from sinners is when we repent from our sins. And the qualifications to bring refreshing back to the holiness people is number one and the only one is to repent and be converted. It didn't say you had to be sanctified, and I believe in that. Didn't say you had to be Holy Ghost filled, and I believe in that. Didn't have to didn't say you have to have the nine gifts of the Spirit working in your church, and I believe in that. It didn't say you had to be doing this or that. It simply said, repent, be converted, and the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I am convinced that we as holiness Pentecostal people is not doing enough repenting. We're doing too much comparing of ourselves of how we're better. We're not like them. We don't act like them. We don't dress like them. We don't go where they go. And we're doing all and spending all of our time comparing ourselves in a positive light to everybody else. Sounds a little bit like that fella at the temple that was crying out to God saying, listen, I pay tithes. I believe in that. I fast and I believe in that. I thank God that I'm not like this publican over here. 
Oh, it's going to get a little quiet here today. I understand. And I, I fully accept that. What he's really saying is, God, you should listen to me because I'm better than him. But that publican smote his breast and said, Oh, my God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And which one was hurt? Which one went home with the prayer answered? It was the publican that went home saved and it was a self-righteous Pharisee that went home with the heaven steel brass trying to figure out why he was so cold and dry and indifferent because I'm doing all these things. I'm telling you it's time to build an altar of repentance and pray back through it again. Repent and be converted. To repent is to say I'm sorry for my sins. To be converted is to be changed. It is our nature to be changed. And we turn from our sin and from our selfishness and we turn back to God. And we quit walking away from God and we start walking back away from the world and start walking back toward God. It's time to repent. I said it's time to repent. It's time to tell him I'm sorry of my sin of omission and commission and the things that I should be doing. The only qualification of refreshing is to repent and be converted. And you can be refreshed. Let's go to the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. Very familiar. Brother Shoecraft quoted it last night. If my people. I like that what he said. His feelings about American revivals, iffy. I really like that. That was, a, that was more than a catchy phrase. It's exactly God put the if there. If my people, my people, if the holiness people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Here's something we're really, really uncomfortable with is the wickedness that we have in our own lives, in our own families, and in our own churches. It's there. It's there. And the more you see God and the more you see Jesus the more you'll come up with the idea and the attitude and the response that Isaiah did in Isaiah chapter 6. When you see God's glory, you fall on your face and you repent and say, God, I'm unworthy. When Peter really saw Jesus, I believe in Luke chapter 6, when he really saw Jesus after he had told them to cast their net to the right side and they caught nets full of fishes and boats full of fish, Peter cast himself into the water and said, I'm a sinful man. Peter already knew Jesus. He'd already met Jesus. Andrew had already introduced him to Jesus. He had already heard Jesus say, and John the Baptist say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the whole world. He knew who Jesus was. But at that moment in his life when Jesus turned their all-night fishing trip that they had caught nothing into a drought of fishes that was the boats was full and sinking, he threw himself into the water and said, I am a sinful, sinful man. What is it? What is it? 
is it that causes us to fall on our faces and say that we're sinful? It's when we see Jesus in all of his power and all of his glory and all of his righteousness and all of his holiness. All of our self-righteousness falls. And we see ourselves not the way we see ourselves, but we see ourselves the way he sees us. And it causes us to repent, to bring revival back to our churches and back to us individually and back to our families. We must build an altar and repent. I agree totally with Brother David. We can sing all we want. We can have our choirs that's tuned up and singing every line perfectly. We can preach our polished and professional sermons that we have plagiarized from the Wondus and the UPC. Boy, it's quiet in here. I said it's quiet in here. Some of you lay folks may not even know what's going on. But I'm just bold enough to tell you what's going on. There's a lot of nonsense going on in the holiness movement today. And maybe you need to be aware of it so you can start praying and asking God to help us. We need an old-fashioned return to the altar where we repent in sackcloth and ashes and beg God one more time for a revival in our country and in our churches and in our families. And I'm telling you the only prerequisite for it is for us to repent and be converted because he has promised if we'll do that, he will refresh us, he will revive us, he will do that. I believe with all of my heart it's, it's, it's okay to commentary. It's okay to read sermons. It's okay to read illustrations. It's okay to bring things in. But I'm telling you, friend, when you plagiarize the title and you plagiarize the whole sermon and you use the three points and you've memorized it and you come and preach it, and then your praises is sung all over the country that you preached a masterpiece. It's no better than Barry Bonds breaking Babe Ruth's record. You want an asterisk by your name in eternity? Just keep doing what you're doing. What we need today is preachers to get back on their knees and pray through and get something from God. It may not be as polished. It may not have the three points. It may not be as, as, as something that everybody's going to go home uh, talking about and glamorizing and saying, wow, 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 wow. But I tell you what they're going to do. They're going to go home and they say, you know what? Jesus touched us last night. Jesus was there. Jesus changed my life. Jesus gave us revival. The Holy Ghost moved. Nothing said about the preacher. It's all about Jesus. I'm telling you, it's time to get back to that. It's Jesus, as Brother Horton always told us. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Repent. Repent, repent. You say, well, you're talking about the preachers. What about the singers? Absolutely. We can talk about the singers. I'm a singer. I'm a preacher. 
I, I was told one time, Jimmy, you'll ever be known, you'll either be known as a preacher that sings or a singer that preaches. And I'm just convinced that I'm a singer that preaches. He told me one time, you'll either be a saxophone player that preaches or you'll be a preacher that plays the saxophone. And uh, Brother Joy Height was a preacher that played the saxophone. Jimmy is a preacher that, uh, a saxophone player that preaches. That's the way I feel about it. I've never been able to progress past that. But I'm telling you today, what I'm saying here is we need more than the latest song polished into perfect harmony. And I love harmony. I love good music. I love to do it the best that you can do it. But listen, friend, when you're spending more time polishing the harmony than you are polishing the anointing. That's why our singing becomes empty and it doesn't touch anybody's life and anybody's heart. And the listener gets emptier and emptier. I don't know if that's good English or not. And the singer gets emptier and emptier and emptier. And it isn't long till we're going through the motions. All we're doing is going through the motions of a service and a program. I'm telling you, it's time to repent. It's time for the musicians to repent. It's time for the singers to repent. It's time for the testifiers to repent. It's time for the preacher and the pastor and the evangelist and the missionary to repent. It's time! To repent so that God can give us refreshing one more time. How many needs are refreshing in your life? I tell you how to get it. Get down on your knees and ask God to forgive you of all your sins, all of the things in your life that should not be. You say, Jimmy, I don't know what to repent of. Then you just simply say, God, whatever it is that's hindering me, whatever's in my way, whatever obstacle, whatever thing in my life is causing that, that break in the relationship with you, I repent of it. Brother LePage, you remember Brother and Sister Allward at North Monmouth, Maine. I love Brother Allward. Great, great elder minister. has gone on to be with the Lord. And he sat down with me, and I was talking to him, and I was asking him different questions. And he said, now, Jimmy, he said, you love the Maine coast, don't you? I said, yes, I do. It's one of my favorite places on earth. He said, you love the Maine coast. He said, have you ever took the time to be here for low tide? And I said, yeah, I have. He said, have you ever been around any of them lobster shops and those, those lobster pounds and houses at low tide? Have you ever been around the docks? you ever been around the, sh the fishing boats at low tide? I said, yeah, I have. I said, it stinks. He said, exactly. He said, Maine is a beautiful, refreshing place at high tide, but it stinks to the high heaven at low tide. And he said, Jimmy, the church is no different. That's all he said. Oh, whoa. And I grabbed my Bible and I've done some searching, my concordance, and I found Isaiah 50 and 2 that says when the rivers have no water, the fish stink. And I tell you what, it's kind of a little stinking mess right here in 2023. You know why? Because the tide is out. Brother Allward said, now, Jimmy, I want to tell you something else about Maine. He said, when the tide is out, you go down there to the sandy beach. We don't have much of it, but we do have some. And he said, when you go down there at low tide, you'll find out that every little crab has his own mud hole. 
And he said, we preachers are no different. When the tide goes out, every one of us digs into our own little mud hole. And he said, it isn't long till we're throwing mud at each other. Instead of swimming, we're throwing mud at each other. And I'm telling you, we're living in a vicious, vicious, vicious time. We're living in a time when men are tearing down characters. They're walking on one another. All to try to get up on top of the mud pile. We're in serious condition. And I'm telling you the abject truth. Maybe this should be preached at a minister's conference where there's no lay people. But I'm telling you, we're living in a vicious, vicious, holiness church world that is more dangerous than it's ever been before in our existence. Everybody is, I remember Brother Lester Moore said, I, I, I looked and I seen into the future and I saw people eating and devouring one another. And he said, I saw a one woman's high heel going down another woman's mouth. That was Lester Moore years ago. I think he saw us in 2023. There's so many divisions. This one won't fellowship this one. We are living in the last days. The last days. We're splitting and we are segregating and we, you know what? The devil's doing a quite good job at driving a wedge and scattering the power of the saints. Right now when we need each other the most, we're pointing out everything we disagree with with that group and that group and this one and that one. And we're finding everything that we disagree with to focus on and find nothing to agree on. And we, we wonder why our meetings is lower. Attendances is downed. We wonder what's going on. I'm just trying to help us understand what's going on. It's our fault. We can blame everybody outside we want to, but it's our fault. I said it's our fault, and it's many of our preachers' fault, and it's probably my fault too. I stand before you as a mortal man just trying to figure out what would help us. I'm telling you what we need to do is come back and repent, and repent, and repent. I've talked until I'm blue in the face on the problems, and so have you. And how many's found out you get off the merry-go-round the same place you got on it? Merry-go-round nonsense trying to figure out what will work and what will do it and how we can change this and change that and how we can fix this and fix this. I'm telling you what, the only thing will fix it is for us to pray through and find God again refreshing, reviving, and renewing us. That's the only thing that's going to work is for us to repent and find ourselves an altar and pray through. How many's ever prayed through in your life? How many's ever, I mean, really prayed through? I came in and sat down at the kitchen table years ago, and I sat there mully grubbing around, and my mom was washing dishes. We had talked all through dinner. Now mom's washing dishes, and I'm a-talking. I don't even remember what I was talking about. But she turned around and looked at me, put her hands in her apron, dried her hands. She said, Jimmy, you need to find a place somewhere and pray through. Your attitude stinks. 
I'm telling you, that's the last thing I wanted to hear. It aggravated me and frustrated me. I got up to the table and didn't even speak to her. I mean, she rubbed my cat hair the wrong way. I guarantee you, that's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted her to pet me. I wanted her to say, now, Jimmy, we understand. Ah, Jimmy, don't worry about it. That's what I wanted to hear. But she turned around and told me exactly what I needed to hear. And I went out to the old shop building, got my, nailed at my dad's old-fashioned chair. He sat in out there. It was all raggedy and torn and covered up with a blanket. And I prayed through. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't even remember what I was upset about, but I remember the blessing I got. I remember the refreshing of how he changed my life. I'm telling you, instead of calling your best buddy about what's going on, pray through. Pray through. Instead of calling your best buddy and telling on somebody, pray for them. Pray for them. I know I've got you guys in shock. I'm totally prepared for you to be quiet, so don't worry about it. I'm telling you, we need to pray through. We need to refresh and revive, and the only way we're going to do that is pray through. Most preachers are spending more time talking on the cell phone than they are praying. A lot of this mess started with the cell phone. Used to, you had to pay to talk about your brother. Now you can talk 24 hours a day free for one charge. And we got a lot to show for it, too. We've destroyed our kids' confidence in people. We have fixed it where our kids won't even listen to some preachers. Because we, like a bunch of idiots, has talked in front of them. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth today. I want to see revival. I want to see God move in my church. I want to see God work and move in our life. I'm telling you, i got folks that will call me and say, hey, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? I said, why don't we try praying? Well, you need to do something about that. I am. I'm praying. Oh, isn't there something more you can do than pray? That's where we mess up. It's time to start letting God handle some things. It's time to start letting God work in people's lives. I'm telling you, we need revival in this last hour. I told somebody the other day that was telling me everything was wrong. I said, there's nothing wrong that revival won't fix. There is nothing wrong with my church and your church and your ministry and my ministry that the tide coming back. Hallelujah. Maybe it stinks. Maybe you're in a mud hole. I'm telling you today, revival in the tide of the sweet Holy Ghost coming back in will change everything. It'll change everything. How many's found out that when you pray through, you start thinking about your brother so much? How many knows that when you really pray through, brother, you quit being so aggravated with your wife and kids? Ooh, it's quiet in here. How many knows, mama, that when you pray through, the marriage is happier? How many knows the church starts having better services when everybody's derailed and crossways? Praise through.
Man, I've been around a bunch of musicians that need to pray through. I can say that because I is one. I'm telling you, some of the most backslid folks in our churches are musicians. And they're only here because they play. Oh, that's another thing that no one else would ever say. But I just said it. I'm telling you, that's one of the problems we have. They may look right. They may dress right. But if you change the program one bit, you'll find out just how prayed through they are. When they walk off and refuse to play, tell you they're not going to play no more, and they know you're dependent upon them, and you're in a mess without them, and they hold the whole thing hostage, hold the pastor hostage, hold the singers hostage, because we're dependent upon them. Bless God, if we had to sing a cappella, we may do that. So we get some of them prayed through. Ah, I said, ah, you say, Jimmy, what in the world's going on? I want to see revival. I want to see revival. Have you noticed tonight, I have, today I haven't talked about nobody outside the doors? I haven't talked about the local church? I haven't talked about nobody out there. I'm talking about us today. If my people, if my people, if the holiness people, if the holiness musicians, if the holiness singers, if the holiness teachers, if they'll pray through, hallelujah, get inspiration, get the anointing back into their life. That's what I want to see in this last hour. God make us the glorious church. I was playing my saxophone some time ago, and I played how great they are. Spirit of the Lord was moving. Spirit of the Lord was falling. Some folks think that can't happen. Playing instrumental, but let me witness to you. It can. It can. It can, and when I'm prayed through, it helps. I said when I'm prayed through, it helps. I play differently when I'm prayed through. The music is going, and all of a sudden the drums stopped. And I thought, what in the world? Did he drop his sticks, or the guy have a heart attack? What happened to him? I'm standing right here, and he bumps into me, and there's not enough room between the, the banister. I'm standing right there close. He is so overcome with tears that he, there's not enough room there, and he, didn't, he just about knocked me completely off the stage. I mean, I about swallowed my mouthpiece. That's, that's how hard he hit me. And I thought, what in the world? And he fell into the altar head first and prayed through. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. We need to repent and be converted. For when the presence and the refreshing and the presence of God comes from the presence of the Lord. My mom and dad bought their not first super cab truck. We traveled for our first years in a single cab truck. I slept in the floorboard, and Marty slept between mom and dad. 1976, they bought their first super cab Ford F-250, 390 under the hood. We were thrilled. We had our own back seat, had our own back seat. It was a bench seat. Some of you all remember how that was. And we had our whole back seat. Now, you would think that two boys that was used to laying between their mom and dad and in the floorboard would absolutely never get into it with a whole seat. 
But how many knows you get used to things? And you start taking things for granted. Boy, that's exactly what we do in the church. We start taking things for granted. And finally, me and Marty started getting into it. And Dad drew a line in the middle of the seat. And he said, now, Jimmy, you don't cross that line. Marty, you don't cross that line. If you do, I'm going to stop this whole rig and wear you out. And bless your heart, Dad did that a few times. But I'm telling you, when you're kind of into it and you're crossways, it's just one finger. I'd rub my hand across that halfway mark and Marty squeal like a girl. I just kept tormenting him. I wasn't, I was just barely crossing the line. Absolutely. I'm telling you, we, we were just causing all kinds of trouble. Just absolute snot-nosed brats. I mean, we needed busted. And we finally got it. And we, we kept on, kept on. And finally, Marty got mad. I'm telling you, he, he, he would get mad. And it wasn't no slipping across the line like I was doing. He attacked me. He come across the line. He lit into me for all he was worth. I could handle him. But, buddy, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid. He, we kept on. It was hot. It was summertime. It was, we was traveling across Ohio. Can you believe you can fuss completely across Ohio? He got to a place where it was getting on mom and dad's nerves. Mom and dad was getting into it over it. Oh, yeah. I know we're not the only ones like that. But y'all probably surprised the Millikens was like that. I've shocked so many people lately. <laughs> Driving along, man, it's hot in that crazy Ford. How many ever had a Ford that when you put it under a pull, that the little dash door inside that directs out the vents, out the floor, out the defroster. When you put that 394 under a pull, it shut the vents off to the floor and to the vents. And run it all out the defrost. So you're climbing a hill, pulling a fifth wheel, and you're getting hot, hot, and hotter. And by this time, everybody's upset. Dad is frustrated with the truck, wishing he had a Chevrolet. Mom is upset with us boys, ready to kill us. And me and Marty was testing the boundaries. Doesn't that just describe a lot of us right today? I mean, it does. As we're driving along I-70, all of a sudden it says, refreshments ahead. Ice cream and Pepsi, all you can eat. And my dad pulled in there with the biggest smile on his face you've ever saw. He pulled in there, we parked that big rig, and we got out and we got in line. And we got us an ice cream cone apiece and a Pepsi apiece. And we got back in that truck, and everything was perfect. Hallelujah! Marty and I wasn't into it. Mom and Dad was a-talking and a-laughing again. The truck seemed to be running cooler. We drove the rest of the way and got ready to preach revival. Oh, sometimes you wonder why you're not having revival. It could be the evangelist's fault. We're human beings, as that little lady down in Alabama says. We are human beings, just like you are. 
And I'm telling you, don't get too close to the travel trailer at times. Just stay away, especially right before church, you know, while everybody's getting ready. We're human beings just like everybody else. Every one of us needs to repent. Oh, glory to God. How many needs are refreshing? Have I convinced you to say, Lord, would you please forgive me? Would you please turn me around? Would you please revive me and refresh me and renew me? In closing, Sean, as you get me a song today. We was where we lived next door, had little two-acre lots. Next door, our neighbor was boarding three horses. That summer of 2002 was brutally hot in Oklahoma. The ground was cracking. The grass had burned up and was crushing, cracking under our feet. It was miserably, miserably hot. Days and days and days over 100 degrees. And there was a gilding. There was a younger colt. And then there was this older mare that she was over 20 years old, beautiful. She was absolutely beautiful, black and red mixture. She just glistened in the sun. But as that drought kept getting hotter and longer, her age began to catch up with her. And it wasn't long till she was standing in the shade and she couldn't hold her head up. She would pull her head up and then it would just slowly go down. And she would stand there with her nose about probably about three or four inches off the ground. And dad, and dad's been around horses growing up. And he said, son, me and Marty, he said, boys, he said, I'm afraid the old mare's not going to make it. He said, uh, let's go buy some apples and see if we can do something. So we went to town. We bought apples, bag, big bag of apples. The other two horses ran to the fence and they just ate them apples and Loved them, but the old mare wouldn't even come. So we crawled over the fence and we took them to her. She took a bite and she just dropped the other half on the ground and didn't even bother. We tried to lead her to the water. The gentleman that was boarding her tried to lead her to the water. He got hooked a rope onto her uh, uh, halter and tried to lead her to water and she just wouldn't leave the shade. Dad and the old gentleman that was boarding the horse. So, well, man, we've done about, I don't know, what else, what else can we do for her? We got water here. We, they brought a bucket of cold water to her. She wouldn't even drink. It was really proven to me that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I stood there and I looked at her and I saw people in our holiness churches all over the country. That's in the desert in the heat of their life. The water is in front of them. The refreshment is there. But they didn't even have enough strength, enough strength. Dad and I had tuned the piano, long story short. We were on our way home. I was asking God for rain. God, give rain. We need rain for her. Marty and I both was praying for rain just for her, just for her. Sure, we was praying for everybody else, but just for her. We didn't want to, we felt like we was going to watch her die right before our eyes. And as we was leaving Claremore, coming home. It was not raining in Claremore, but three and a half miles south of Vertigris where we live, it was absolutely pouring down rain. Sun was shining, and it was raining at the same time. 
I rolled the windows down on our van. Dad had his windows out. And we were thanking God for the rain. As we made the corner into the Orchard Hill Estates, to our amazement, all three of those horses was running and jumping and bucking and dancing, tail raised high, ears up and alert, head and neck arched, mane standing up, and I wept like a baby when I saw her. She had been refreshed and revived. She ran to the middle of the field and laid down and rolled over. And then she rolled back over. And then she jumped back up on her feet and began to buck with all of her might. And she survived the summer because God had sent refreshing. And I'm here today to let you know you may be about to starve. You may be about to famish. You may be not be able to hold your head up. But all you need is some rain. I said all you need is some refreshing. Stand all over this building. All you need to do is repent. 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 You say, Jimmy, what are you going to do today? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. As soon as you get here and I lay this microphone down, I'm going to start repenting myself. God, I'm sorry. God, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be the preacher. I want to be the pastor. I want to be the husband. I want to be the daddy. I want to be the friend. I want to be the neighbor. I want to be what you want me to be. If you want refreshing in your life, come and Meet me in this altar this morning. Revive us again, Lord. Send back the tide. Send back the tide. Bring the tide back. Revive us. Revive us, God. Refresh us. Refresh us. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent in sackcloth and ashes. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me again. Cleanse me again. Sanctify us all over again, Lord. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. From heaven. It's me, oh God. The sound of a rushing. It's me, oh God. We need to It's me, oh God. It's me, oh God. It's me, oh God. We need a whole God, don't let me hinder the revival of Westside. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. God, forgive us. Forgive us of our spiritual pride. God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us and revive us and send refreshing. You promised if we repent, you would revive us, God. Bless our young men today, our young ladies today. God, I repent for their sakes. I repent in my life that I can minister to them, God. 
God, we need more than a musician to play away the evil spirit. There's a price that must We need an altar where we can get it fixed. Get rid of the evil spirit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Whoever advised Saul gave him horrible advice. He didn't need a musician. He needed a preacher. He didn't need a musician. He needed a prophet. He didn't need David. He needed somebody to tell him to repent, Saul. He needed Samuel. He didn't need David. He needed Samuel. Oh, God. God, have mercy on us. God, stop us. Restrain us. Open our eyes. Help us to understand. Oh, God, I'm crying out to you. We need people that will genuinely pray through. God, it is possible to shout ourselves all the way to hell. It's possible to dance ourselves all the way into hell. And never get that victory that we need in our life. Oh, God. Saul prophesied himself to hell. He listened to soothing music all the way to hell. God, help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Stir our hearts and stir our lives. God, I want it. I want it right. I want it pure. I want it holy. I want to be right myself. Oh, God. From God in heaven. Jesus, Jesus. Stir our hearts and stir our lives. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. From heaven. Oh, God. The sound of a rushing wind. We need to feel the fire, the kind that burns out sin. We need a Holy Ghost revival to turn the hearts of men. It's not the others, Lord, it's us. We need to we focus on spending too much time pointing out how bad they are. We need to repent ourselves, oh God. Repent ourselves. Bring us back. Bring us back to the altar.
fashion, praying through still works. Yes, it does.